Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. through a bit about that because I've been kind of in a in a in the heart where I want us to live in what God has obtained for us, what Christ obtained for us. I want us to walk in it. And it's not all about us, about us getting all the blessings and all that. No, it's all about how we can be blessed to bless others. I don't know if they move this location to here. It's sounding better here. <laughs> all right. I'll move. I'm out of camera now, so we've got to move back. So, <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But I tackled the, the Isaiah 35 because it's a, it's a messianic scripture. It's a scripture that here, as I said, this is, this is like a dateline. This is where Christ came, and it was 700 years before. This is where Isaiah is speaking, and it's BC, 700 years before, and he's talking about this is to come. And so... And Christ came, and, and what was announced by Isaiah took place here, but it also positioned what we have, this side of the cross. And here we can talk about it, but God wants us to walk in it and live in it. And so I want to just unpack it some more. And so where Isaiah was talking from, he was talking about this, the, this place without God and his presence was a wasteland, was a, was a desert, was a, a place where it needed, a, it was a wilderness and it needed um, God to come in. And when he does, it changes the beauty. There's rejoicing. There's all sorts of atmospheric change. You'll realize that when the presence of God comes into a room, a whole lot of things get changed. A whole lot of things get lined up whole lot of things get flushed out. A lot of bondages and stuff are broken just because that's what His presence does. They reckon His presence, mountains melt like wax in His presence. In His presence, there's fullness of joy. And so that's what happens when, when Christ put His feet upon planet Earth. It's, there was this ripple effect. It's like this shockwave went through planet Earth. And so for us to live in what Christ has obtained, Isaiah 35 through 4, it talked about, it encourages us. It says, with this news, with this news, strengthen yourself. It, strengthen yourself. And how do we strengthen ourselves? And we spoke about our hands as, as worship, our knees as prayer, our hearts not to be fearful, but filled with faith with God's word. And that would strengthen us so we could walk in what Christ has obtained. This world's throwing all sorts of junk at us. And so we need to have an antidote. We need to have something that will rise up and stand against it. Our worship, man, I can, I can sort of ch charge a mountain after I've had times of worship like this, corporately and independently. And then knee, when you're on your knees and it just, God reminds you of whose you are. And man, that just gets, gets the turbo tank going. And then verses five and six, the prophet, the prophet was saying, I want to tell you the evidence that this has happened is that the lame, will, the deaf will hear, the lame will walk, the mute will speak, and, and all these things would happen. And we saw John the Baptist's disciples come to him and ask Jesus, Jesus, are you the expected one or is there somebody else? And Jesus' answer was this, go back and tell John the Baptist, the deaf hear, the mute speak, the lame walk, the dead are raised, the people find salvation. And he would re remind John the Baptist, 
That is what Isaiah was talking about. Yes, it has arrived and it's right here. And so it's, it's, it's so important that we see that. And then we spoke on uh, verses six through seven, talking about the springs and the streams that will, that will come out into these wastelands and into these desert areas and into, these, uh, into this uh, wasteland and, and, and wilderness and we would see it flourish. And I spoke about how the spirit, uh, spirit life will gush upon humanity. Joel said, in these last days, he'll pour out my, he'll, God will pour out his spirit on all flesh. His sons and daughters will prophesy. Old men will dream dreams. Young men and women will see visions. I'm telling you, it's happening. It's starting to break out. Look at the young people are getting touched by the presence of God. It's the only thing that's gonna sort out this generation. I, uh, us oldies, they don't think we have a clue what's going on. So we're old fashioned. So Holy Ghost, let you loose on them. And here it comes, eh? ready or not. Hallelujah. So I just wanted to finish off with the verses eight and 10 through 10 on Isaiah 35 today. And um, I let me read it. And it says, And the great road will go through that once deserted land. It will be named the highway of holiness. Evil-minded people will, will never travel on it. It will be only for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there. Lions will not look along its course. Nor any other ferocious beasts. There will be no other dangers. Only the redeemed will walk in it. Verse 10, and those who have been uh, ransomed by the Lord will will return and they will enter Jerusalem singing, crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear and they will be filled with joy and gladness. Man, what an announcement. When you're in, a, in an environment where it's just wasteland and desert and discouragement and, and sometimes our world's like that, it's just, that's when you need to unc- get the wind in your, under your sails and, 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 uh, and listen and read these kind of things. Because the coming of Christ was announced there, will establish this great road, a highway of holiness. And it's a journey. The, and it has. If, uh, as I was announcing, it will I'm telling you, it has. It's here. And many of us are ignorant of it. He says, my people perishing for a lack of knowledge. And so we need to understand this highway will journey us out of a spiritual wilderness. Some of you may feel like you're in a spiritual wilderness. May I encourage you, get on this highway, understand that there is this highway paid for you to walk in and walk on. And so we need to get onto it. It requires us to, to be aware of it and also get to it. If I want to go to, to, to New York and maybe the quickest way sometimes, unless you want to go through Carolina, but slowly, you get on the 95 and you go up to New York. don't know why anybody want to go there at this stage, but I'll possibly go down south to Miami where it's much, much better. But I'm just saying that you need to get onto it. It's important to understand. You understand the highways and the interstates and the roads and the streets have, have, have incredible things for us. It gives us access and it gives us freedom to travel. And this is what God says, I have done this so you have access. I've done this so you can have freedom to travel and move and don't sit like a lump on a log, move. And so that's what, God, that's what you see there. I mean, um, President Eisenhower was brilliant, 1956, getting these interstates done in America. You cannot believe how easy it is to travel here. Try Africa. 
Man, you want to go on, on a journey of 30 hours and you've got two lanes and you've got a shift and you maybe have no, no power steering, you have no cruise control, and I'll tell you what, you've got to wrestle all the trucks. I'll tell you what, when you come to the end of 30 hours, you're exhausted. Yeah, man, you're just cruising along, you just pull off, have a McDonald's and off you go again. I mean, it's just cruising, there's fancy cars with all this, um, this GPS and air conditioning and all this stuff, and it self-drives. I mean, live it up here. But the roads are so important. When Haiti went through that very sad time of earthquakes, there was so much money put in there. And sadly enough, it was all embezzled into it. If they did one thing, Dave, uh, Dave and I went in 95 to, to Haiti on our first trip there. And right in the cesspit, over everything, I mean, the sewage is running down into, this, into, the, into the ocean. The, the ocean's been pushed back 50, 60 yards just with all the trash from the city. It's just derelict. And Dave and I sat there and said, what one thing can we do that would actually start changing this whole thing? Could never think about it until I realized how important roads are. If they did one thing with all the money that, that, that Haiti got, is put in a road infrastructure into Haiti, it would have transformed them. Would have transformed them because it is such a challenge to get around. So the roads are so important. I mean, Rome, Rome the, the Romans, their whole power and their control in that was based on one thing. They put roads in everywhere. That's where that, 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 that term comes, all roads lead to Rome because they could disperse their power and their might on this. Well, God's created, the kingdom of God has created a highway of holiness for us to journey on and, 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 and to, to be a part of. And so this, this whole journey uh, uh, is a way of travel. It, it has a direction. The, this, this road has parameters. And so while we stay on it, it has what this, the scripture was announcing. And, and I'd like to unpack it. And, it's, and it says that this highway will allow us to walk in what Christ has obtained for us. And so we really want to be able to do that. The only, and it says that only the redeemed will walk on it, journey into God. And so the question is, some of us don't even want to be on that road. Really not interested in it. I just say, sorry for you. Sorry for you. You want to take a dirt track and a secondary road? God bless you, man. I'm going to take the interstate. I mean, it'll get me there and I'm going, I'm going for it. So three things I want to talk to you about, this highway of holiness that, that, that's announced here. So verse 8, it says, This great road will go through that once deserted land. It'll be, an, it'll be named the highway of holiness. Evil-minded people will never travel on it. It will be only for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there. And some people have their own idea. I just consider you a fool because you really don't have a cooking clue what's going on there. But the first thing I want to talk about, it's a way of grace. This way, this highway is a way of grace. Unearned, unmerited, undeserved favor. I get to go on this. It's like this toll roads that are just free of charge to me. I can go in on all these toll roads free of charge. Somebody has to pay for it. Somebody has paid for it. Well, this highway, it has been paid for, and it's there for me to walk on. Toll free, fantastic. And so that's, that's, that's what this, this road has. It has free access. Religion will really want you to pay for it with your behavior. You hop through all the hoops and make sure you do all those things. And then maybe you'll be allowed to get through to heaven. Maybe. 
Then you've got the enemy of the soul, which is your, 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 the, 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 the voice that will continually pound you of your faults, your failures, and, uh, and your flaws. And it will and say, well, I don't qualify to walk on this road. I don't qualify because I've done this and I think like this. Uh, get on with it. Grace covers that. Grace covers that. It allows you to get on there. It allows you to get onto this road. And then we're, we're, we're trying to get, get, get onto this highway by our own works. Well, our works stink. It says, uh, you know, our, our righteousness is like filthy rags. We stink everything we try and do. I mean, there's just no ways we can cut it. We just don't make the mark. We just don't qualify. If we're thinking that we qualify to walk on this, uh, on this highway of holiness, we just don't make it, church. We just don't. And, and we just got to come to the reality of that. It's Jesus. And so when you decide that you want to do your own route and your own road and your highway, well, I want to just tell you that this is not the day and age when you want to walk around having your own little pick and mix. I'm going to go to confession on, on Saturday night. I'm going to come to Coastal and have my little dose. And then I'm going to go to the Ouija board and find out what the future is. No, you can't have all that pick and mix stuff. It doesn't work on the highway, on the holiness of highway. There is a God's way. And that's what we've got to lock in, in on because that's, that's important. And, and, and be led by the Spirit, not by Siri. Okay? Siri, Siri doesn't have a cooking clue sometimes because it doesn't understand my accent. And so I, I, don't, I don't win with Siri, so I just say, okay, Holy Spirit, help me out here. Okay. But Proverbs 14 says this, chapter 12. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man. Talking about this way that we're talking about. But the, the, the end is, is the way of death. So don't think you're wise in your own eyes. You're just not going to cut it. So we've got to understand that there is a way. And Isaiah is talking about a, a highway of holiness. The unclean, the, the evil-minded and the fools will not walk on it because they think they've got a better way and they think they've got a better deal. The highway has a name. The highway has a direction. You know, some of these highways are named after famous people and stuff. Well, we're on Jesus' highway. That's what his, that is his highway. It's called Jesus. And so that's what we, we, we have. And also, it's got a direction and its direction is going to the Father. Do I have a scripture to back that up? Of course I have. We sang it. Very first song. Very first song. John 14, 6. Is, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. Got a name. It's got a direction. And, and God's encouraging us to jump on it. Before believers were called, before they were called Christians, they were called the way. Those guys in the way are meeting in coastal building. The guys in the way are, are meeting here and meeting there. And they would want to know what's the way. And they said, well, come along and join us and we'll tell you the way. In 1 John, 12, uh, John 1, 12, it says, yeah, as many as received Jesus to them, God gave them the right to become children's, children of God and to those who believe in his name. I believe in this highway. I've walked in this highway 45 years. I know what this highway has. Have I totally stayed on track on this highway? No, but I've done my best to walk in it. So believers have access to the way through grace, not uh, through grace through faith. It's not our works, church. Access is based on a relationship and an intimacy. This is not, okay, this is a religious thing I do. I come to church, check that box. Okay, I read my Bible, check that box. No, this is a relational thing. This is an intimacy thing. And so uh, when you get to know 
who you're walking with on this highway of holiness, it, 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 takes, it takes your journey on to another level because it's just, you, you walk with him and you talk with him and he will, he will show you things to come. It's just an amazing, this is the relational thing that we're doing, not just a religious thing that we're doing, church. And so we need to understand that. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved. You've been given access to the highway of holiness through faith and not of yourself, and it's a gift of God. Thou spoke so well last week about a gift is just something the Holy Spirit gives us. This salvation is a gift. As soon as I said yes to Jesus, I got the gift, and I've given the, the access pass to walk on this, this highway of holiness. That's what I get. Our faith in Christ makes us righteous, makes us right standing. When I believe in Christ and His righteousness, His robe of righteousness makes us right, gives us access to this highway, which is just a delight. Our journey is to, uh, uh, on His highway of holiness is a journey of sanctification. I've been working on it for 45 years, and I'm only this far. And I've had to work a whole lot of yuck yuck out of me. As I'm walking along this road, I have things that come to mind and I'm saying, no, I can't walk on this road and behave like that. First thing I ever went was I told you my language. My language was vile. And I realized within two weeks, the Holy Spirit changed my language, especially when you're in the military and you've got to instruct and train people. It is quite a miracle that I could change my language in two weeks and be able to see that. So you've got to understand this, this way is the way of grace. When he comes and he picks the bride who's supposed to be white and pure, but has been laying in a mud hole filled with filth and stuff. And as he touches you, you become clean. And as he lifts you up, you become whole. And as you get to the top of it, you're walking above the mud by his grace, by his touch, by his hold. That's what it happens when you start walking on this highway. So it's a way of grace. The other thing I want to see, it's a way that is safe. It says here in verse 9, it says, The lions will not look along its course, nor any other ferocious animal uh, beasts. There will be no other dangers. Only the redeemed will walk on it. What's redeemed? Somebody's been purchased. I mean, I, I, I had to have, be paid for. Rod had to get paid for because of his sin. And Christ paid for that. He paid, he redeemed me, brought me back into family because of his act on the cross. In, in Psalm 91, 11, it says, for, the, for God will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up from, with their hands so that you won't e even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras and you will, and you will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. Scripture talking about what's on this highway gives us that place and that position of safety. In Luke 10, 9, and if you want a New Testament scripture, Luke 10, verse 19, look, I have given you authority of all the powers of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. I want to tell you that there's a place of safety on this highway, and it's important that you stay on the highway. <laughs> Very important. The safety is while you're on the highway. So don't go off-road. I know some of us like off-road riding and all that stuff. These people that like Jeeps and all those kind of things, we understand that. But I want to tell you there are all sorts of things that would love to lure you, entice you, and distract you off the highway. Right. You've got to be aware of that. You must be aware of that. 
And so if you think that you're going to be free of that, well, then you're going to have to be moved from planet Earth. Because the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is something that's going to get you whether you like it or not. It's right there and it's lurking. The day you think that you're immune to that, church, I wake up in the morning, it's by God's grace that I can walk and I will have the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life will come past knocking on my door and wanting to invite me, lure me, distract me, take me off the highway of holiness. He will. And that's what you've got to be aware of. And so we need boundaries. And that's where you, as as a believer, need to put boundaries in place. You need guardrails. Have you noticed all the roads we drive on, that where they feel that you could lure off the road because you're looking at your device, they've got a guardrail there? And if you maybe want to meander through the median and go to the oncoming traffic, they've got a guardrail there. It's not on the wrong side of danger, it's this side of danger. It's just right on the edge of danger. We need to make sure that we are aware of the guardrails and where the guardrails are. And if there are no guardrails, put some guardrails in. We need to put guardrails up because I tell you what, church, you'll go off the the highway of holiness and land up in the ditch. Pastor, help, I've fallen off the bridge. I told you to put a guardrail there. I told you. James, I told you. Church, you've got, you got to understand. You've got to make a decision before you have to decide. I told my daughter that. There's certain parameters you put in place. You do not want to be found in a compromising position and you realize, whoops, I didn't decide. Got to make a decision before you decide. So when you start luring off and, and where, key is, when are you most vulnerable? When are you most tired, church? Because that's when you best have your guardrails up. Because that's when you start flirting around websites that you shouldn't be. And then, you, then your guardrails down and you start flirting with things while you're a married person. All these things come to you when you're in that weak spot. So make sure when you're in that weak spot that you've gone to bed Take a sleeping tablet if you can't sleep. Just get away from the temptation. Call a friend, have a coffee, do something, but put some guardrails in so that you can stay on the highway of holiness because it only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what happens with these adverts that happens. And so while you're driving, so you've got to be aware, the enemy, the enemy is after you. It says here on 1 Peter 5, 8, stay alert. Watch out for the great enemy, the devil. He's prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking looking for someone to devour. Can't wait to make you fall. He'll lure you. We are, yes, yeah, we are attacked and we're tempted constantly. You can just drive down 95, next exit, adult store. You see the massive billboard. I can't get them any bigger. Bad eyesight or not, you're going to be reading it. All these things are going to be coming up there. You're on diet, you do not need a carbs, but McDonald's is going to throw a good advert up there and you're going to have Cracker Barrel is going to put its home food cooking right there for you. There's things that are going to come and, and get you. And so, and also sometimes people will get all, you get all over yourself because you have a thought. I want to just say thoughts are neither right nor wrong. It's what you do with those thoughts. Um, if a bird comes and lands in your head, That's fine, just don't let it nest there. So when you get a thought, don't let it nest there. 
And also another thing is, you can't think of two things at one time. I know you ladies think you can, but you can't. <laughs> so if you have a certain trend of thinking men, think about changing oil in your vehicle. And you say, oh, I've never done that before. Well, it's a good time that you start studying it up. It'll take your mind off whatever you're thinking, and you don't go down that road. Go down the other road. So that's a guardrail, okay? Just something simple. So, because the enemy, he will bait you tempt you, give you the excuses, and no, it's okay, it's okay. And when you take the bait, bam, then he'll condemn you. He says, Shane, you call yourself a Christian, and this is how you're behaving? I mean, I've been around the mulberry bush long enough. That's how he does it. And he slams you and nails you. And I just want to tell you that I serve a loving God. Even as a Christian, and you stumble and you fall, we have access to repentance and we can confess our sins to a loving Father. And there is now no condemnation. Amen. Romans 8.1, it says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong in Christ. But because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. I want to tell you, as an unbeliever and somebody who wants to walk his own road, good luck because you do not have power over the sin. And, and you say, oh, I can shake it off anytime I want. I tell you, there's a power of sin that will hold you and bind you and condemn you. And I want to tell you that when you come to Christ, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the power of sin and death. Sin and death. And so we need to understand that. So when the Scriptures encourages us to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, he understands that daily we're going to be walking in the stuff. Daily we're going to be walked and we're going to see these billboards. And we're going to have these naysayers, nya nya along the side there. Just have one taste. Just have one drink. Just have this little bit of substance. Just try it. Make you feel good. Nothing about your feelings. It's what's right and what's wrong. Because I, I don't know, but by God's grace, I stopped and I thought, okay. Because the guy said, hey, you're going to have a smoke. No, nah, I don't think so. Why not? I said, well, my dad started when he was 19. He was addicted to it and he died of lung cancer. So if I start there, that's where I'm going. Nah, don't think so. I may look dumb, but I ain't going to go down that road. Have a look at, oh, promiscuous life. I see where it started and I see some of the endings. Nah, I'm not going to go that way. Substance, start, finish, uh-uh. Man, you've got to just use some of your brain cells. It only takes two brain cells to work that out. <laughs> so come, church, walk away for it. So we need to get up and pray and do some preventative maintenance. And so don't wait until you get into the ditch and have to pray your way out. Wake up in the morning and say, God, I'm going to do some preventative praying. And if you don't know how to do preventative praying, we spoke about baptizing in the Holy Ghost and he's speaking tongues and I can prevent, do a whole lot of preventative maintenance by praying in the Holy Ghost because I don't know what's coming down the road, but I know that if I pray in the Spirit, I pay the perfect prayer because the Holy Spirit knows the things that come. So you can poo-poo and I don't want the Holy Spirit and I don't want the tongues talking. Well, sad to you. Come on. The reason why so we, it, it's something for us to obtain so that, the, that we can benefit. So it's, hang around, folks, as well. Don't, don't, don't not come and, and fellowship and have accountability and, and have people that will that, help you in this race. We can't do this journey on the, on the highway of holiness by yourself. God didn't design it like that. So, 
Stay at home and sad be you, because the enemy is just looking to take you for lunch. Hallelujah. So we just need to be aware of that. So the way, the, there's a way of grace. The way is safe. And, and last thought I'll just leave with you is the, the way of joy. Right at the end of this, it talks in verse 10. Those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return, and they will enter Jerusalem singing, crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear, and they will be filled with joy and gladness. Church, just before Christmas, I spoke about joy, about God's goodness, depositing a joy inside you. The joy is the result of being in this, uh, the highway of holiness. It's a byproduct. It's the consequences. I'm not talking about a happiness, church. Happiness is based on happenings. Enjoying ice cream, you're happy. You don't have an ice cream, then you're miserable. Well, you need joy whether you have an ice cream or don't have an ice cream. When you've got a big balance or no bank balance. Joy is a thing that you can have in the middle of a concentration camp. Why? Because you don't care. You messed this earth suit up, I'm fine. I'm going off to glory. I'm still filled with joy because I am happy, I'm delivered, I'm set free, and I'm with the king. Whether I'm walking in this, in this body or I'm not walking in this body. It just gives you a confident expectation, that joy. It's rooted and solid and is done by the Holy Ghost because that's what one of the fruits are. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, gladness, self-control. That's what the Holy Ghost does. Man, we've got a great mate, Holy Ghost, that helps us. Some of us love living in Grumble, Grumble Alley, <laughs> a negative lane and hopeless hill. You like living there. <laughs> but there is a place called joy, unspeakable, filled with glory. That's what we have. Yes, sorrow and mourning and grief comes, but we don't mourn like the rest of the world. Yes, we have sadness when loved ones go. Yes, we have sadness when things go. Uh, yes, but it, 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 we have a hope. We can bounce back because my God is able to take us out the miry clay and put us feet on upon a rock. Hallelujah. Have everlasting joy. Why do we have that? Because our highways extends into eternity. And my highway just goes from time straight into eternity and I'm just totally happy. This highway is worth going on. Right. You'll get to the end of 95 and you'll get to the end of 85 and you'll get to the end of, of 10 and 20. I've done that. Valerie and I got onto I-10 here in Jacksonville and got, stopped in Los Angeles. I-10 stops there. I just want to let you know. Proof because I drove with two kids, two, one and two, in a car. Two double coupe. Left here lunchtime Saturday. Drove all the afternoon, all night, all Sunday. Slept in Phoenix, Arizona Sunday night and came into LA on Monday, four o'clock. That's a long way across the country. I don't want to tell you that. But that interstate has a start and it has a stop. My highway doesn't. Highland, it goes. So many of you may know the hymn. Many of you may not know the hymn. But there was a hymn made of this very psalm. It's also um, Isaiah talks about it in Isaiah 51.11. Exactly the same. It says, Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come a singing unto Zion. And everlasting joy shall be upon his head. They shall obtain gladness and joy. And sorrow and mourning shall flee away. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return. And come a singing unto Zion. 
And everlasting joy shall be upon his head. I want to tell you, you've witnessed something that I thought I'd never do. I thought I'd never do. Now it's on camera as well. Okay, go viral. That'll be interesting. Hallelujah. My brother-in-law fall off the perch. In shock. And even Jerry's in shock over here. What the heck? I only do that in the shower, guys. So you see you. I exposed myself. <laughs> Hallelujah. So anyway, I want to close with this though. Luke 15 tells us, Jesus tells a story, three stories about three people. And uh, who had lost things. The first person that lost, it was a lost sheep. The person had a hundred sheep and lost one. Luke 15, uh, verse 6, it says, And when he had found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders and say, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. The second story is about a lost coin. This lady had 10 coins. She lost one. And verse 9 says, And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, rejoice with me, because I have found my lost coin. Then there's the lost son. Carries me. (laughs) Anyway, verse 23, it says, we must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. Why do I bring the stories up that Jesus told? Because it should relate to how we, as believers, need to respond for what Christ has obtained for us. What is the first thing one, that each one of them did when they found what they had lost? What is the first thing they did? I thought that as well. First thing they did was stop looking. First thing they did was stop looking. When you've found something, stop looking. I found the king. I found the highway to holiness. Church, stop looking. We're born into a world where we're we're looking for love. We're looking for forgiveness. We're looking for acceptance. We're looking for purpose. How many of you have found that? If you have Jesus, you have found that. You found somebody who absolutely loves you. Even though you look in the mirror and you don't love yourself, he loves you. Even though you don't forgive yourself of things that you've done, he forgives you. You may not accept yourself, but he accepts you just like you are. Before you've done one good thing or said one good thing, you may still be a yuck yuck. He still loves you, forgiven you, accepts you. And man, he has, he given you a purpose. And it's just wonderful. He, he pre-designed you while you were in your, before your mother's womb. He, he wrote about you, knowing you. 
And so now we sit in a position where we know we're loved. We know we're forgiven. We know we're accepted. We know that we have a calling and a destiny in our lives. We know it. Stop searching. Let's live in it. Let's start living in it. Living like you believe that that's what's happened because that's what's happened. It was announced 700 years ago. It was accomplished by Christ. And we sit here on the side saying, Father, allow me to run on this highway of holiness. Because it's safe. It's safe. And man, it's center line is joyful. That's what it is. And some of you may be in the room and say, well, I never kind of found that very thing that most of us are looking for. It's just one request away. It's one prayer away. Because when, he, when you invite him in, he will clear your record of sin because he paid for it at Calvary. You know, it's not a sin issue anymore, church, and those that are listening. It's all a relational thing because he's paid for all of man's sin, past, present, and future. Clean the slate. Christ put on, God put on Christ all the penalty of sin of all of humanity. But it's a relational deal. And if you don't want to be on this highway and you don't want to walk with him, he loves you so much he'll let you go your way. Because the last thing he wants to do is have you in eternity when you don't even want to be with him or love him. And the only thing he wants to do is love you and bless you. So church, those that are, are looking in, today's the day. Don't wait. I mean, I jumped in when I heard it for the very first time. I found out, man, it's not a sin issue anymore. It's a relational thing. I jumped and I grabbed it with both hands. And man, I've enjoyed the journey. The guilt, the shame, all been washed away. And I'm free to be me. You've been set free to be you. So church, today's the day. And those that are listening and you don't know Christ, today's the day. And you're going to pray with us if you want to pray with us. We're going to pray out loud because that's what us as a church do to encourage you to pray and invite Jesus into your life. So can we pray together? Let's bow our hearts before God. Father, thank you. Now those that want to, that, that want to come and, 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 and come to Christ today, become family, pray with me. Church, pray out loud. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. And you died on that cross for me paid for my sins. Thank you. Today, I receive you as my Lord, as my Savior. I invite you into my life. Lead me in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If there's some way you can communicate with me and tell me, if you're online or in this room, tell me that you prayed that so much more. I don't want you just to get into the door and stand up against the door. This is a whole kingdom of adventure with God. Man, you let loose into your destiny now. And I tell you what, it's a wonderful thing. I don't know if as I was ministering, something stuck with you or something the Holy Spirit prodded you about understanding it's a road of grace. It's safe and it's joyful. And if sometimes you don't check those boxes. Can I just pray with you and pray for you if you feel that you're in that place? Father, as we bow our hearts before you, I know that this message is so multifaceted, multidimensional. So, and you know every heart that's 
right before us in the sound of my voice, even online and going as far as Australia to Charles there, to Dwayne in Canada, to Mark in England, Lord, to all these loved ones, Father, that you're able to reach them wherever they, they are. And as we bow our hearts, even I, Father, I forget that I have the privilege of being on this highway of holiness. Set apart for your use, my God. Thank you that you would help me correct things to keep me on the center line. Keep my eyes in front to the author and the finisher of my faith. And Father, I bless you. I thank you. And I give you praise that you're a good, good God. Thank you for making a way. Thank you for announcing it 700 years before Christ. Jesus, thank you for doing it. Thank you that we can now walk in it and live in it in the fullness, that we're the vessel through which divine favor flows, preventing misfortune in the lives of others. All this we've obtained so we can be a blessing to a needy and dying world. And we bless you for that. And all God's people said, amen, amen and amen.